You are listening to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 69. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I'm Monica Louie and welcome to episode 69. Sierra and I are back today talking about Facebook ads once again. We are answering your questions and we have so many great questions to discuss today. Now, if you're new to the podcast and don't know me yet, then I want to welcome you. I am Monica Louie. I'm a Facebook and Instagram ad strategist And I run a successful ads agency where my team and I manage ads for six and seven figure online businesses. I'm also the creator of Flourish with Facebook ads, which is my online training program that teaches my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. My team and I have managed more than two and a half million dollars in ad spend and served more than 1,000 students and clients. And we are in the trenches every single day, keeping a pulse on what's working now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. And while I absolutely love teaching about Facebook and Instagram ads, the goal of this podcast is to discuss what it really takes to build a seven-figure online business. And of course, Facebook and Instagram ads can be a huge part of scaling your business. So Sierra is joining me again this week because we have so much fun hanging out and chatting about Facebook ads. And if you don't know Sierra, she is my content manager, copywriter, and so much more. And she's been my guest on the podcast for the last few episodes. So if you want to learn more about Sierra and how we work together, check out episode 66. And you can find that at monicalouie.com slash 66. Now, this episode is part two of our two-part Facebook ads Q&A series. So if you missed last week's episode and you can't get enough of geeking out on Facebook ad strategy like us, check out episode 68. You'll find that at monicalouie.com slash 68. All right. For today's episode, we have such a variety of different topics to discuss all around the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. We have questions about the Facebook pixel, what it is and where to find it, how to install it and so much more. Special ad categories, how to simplify the testing and ad creation process, the fear of ad accounts getting hacked and spoiler alert, it doesn't happen that often, but I'll share what you can do to protect your account and what to do if it does happen to you. How to increase click-through rate on your ads, funnels, and a whole lot more. But before we dive in, I want to make sure you know that you can find all the links and resources that are mentioned in today's episode at monicalouie.com slash 69. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E.com slash the number 69. All right, let's dive into part two of our Facebook ads Q&A two-part series. Here we go. Hey, Sierra, welcome back for round two of Facebook ad FAQs. I'm so excited about this. This is going to be a lot of fun. Always. I'm excited. You're excited. It's so exciting. I love talking about (laughs) Facebook ads. (laughs) Well, I do too. And so I'm glad that that we are answering these questions, getting these questions answered for folks. And because a lot of these come up consistently, maybe, you know, in a different angle, a different way, different scenario. But I think that a lot of people are going to find these these questions that we're going to answer really helpful. I totally agree. So I think we're going to cover some really great content today. We've got a lot of really good questions that cover the breadth of a lot of different issues about Facebook ads. And so if you have questions about Facebook and Instagram ads that you've been dying to ask, we just might cover your question here today. But if not, we invite you to submit your question online so that we may answer it on a future FAQ episode. So just go to monicalouie.com slash question to submit your question. So let's dive in. Let's do it. All right. So let's kick it off with a great first question. So Michael asks, should I invest money in a campaign to build a mailing list? I have a freebie. Or just to sell a product, which I don't have yet, but it will be an online course ready in about three months. 
Okay, this is a really good question because this question comes up a lot about when am I ready to start Facebook ads? When should I actually get started with diving, you know, diving down this path? And so the answer really like many things in life, it kind of depends. It really depends on you, your goals and your budget. So if you do have money to invest, before you have a paid offer, then I definitely recommend starting to grow your audiences, grow your email list, as Michael mentions. And when you get started with Facebook ads, then you're really growing your warm audiences that you can use later when you do have a paid offer to promote. And oftentimes when people are consistently running Facebook ads, first of all, you're learning which audiences resonate with your offers. You're building up those warm audiences that you can retarget to later. But you're also setting yourself up to have higher conversions when you do launch your product. So that is one of the benefits of an evergreen Facebook ad strategy. Even if you don't have something to sell right now, or maybe you do periodic launches throughout the year, but you don't have something ongoing that you're selling, if you have an evergreen campaign running that's driving traffic, growing your email list, that'll put you up for a higher conversion rate when it comes to launching. That's what we've seen with our clients time and time again, with my own ads time and time again. Ever since I started my evergreen strategy, anytime I launch, then my conversion rate is much higher than it used to be when I was just launching periodically. So I think this is a great question that Michael is already forward thinking. Anytime you're growing your email list, is that's a great strategy for growing an online business. The key though is that you want to keep your newsletter list engaged. So you want to make sure that you are emailing them regularly. I recommend at least once a week. Some can get away with a little bit fewer, but just make sure that you're doing so consistently to stay top of mind so that when you are ready to make a pitch, they're not wondering who you are, where you came from, and how they got on your list. So I think that's a great question. If you've got the money to invest, then go ahead and get started now. Wonderful. Here's a good question from Alyssa. And I know that we have a lot of students and clients and we worked with many people who are in or close to kind of the financial space. So I think this will be a really topical question for them. So Alyssa asks, my biggest issue is that my ads are constantly denied by Facebook because they get flagged as credit products or payday loans. I do financial coaching. So I struggle with how to write copy and not get flagged. It's so frustrating. How do I keep my ads from being rejected? Yes. So as many know, I started off in the personal finance space and many of my first clients were in the personal finance space as well. And some of our current clients are still in the personal finance space. So very familiar <laughs> with, with this struggle. So one thing I would say is make sure no matter what niche you're in, make sure you're keeping in mind Facebook's ad policies and referencing those so you can see if there's anything where it might be kind of a gray area for you, for your offering. Just keep that in mind so you know how to approach it, you know, what is strictly prohibited and what where you might need to be a little bit more careful with your wording, as Alyssa suggests. So in the financial space, they have now, I want to say last year sometime, they rolled out the special ad category box. So when you're creating your campaign, you need to indicate if your offer does fall into one of these this is Facebook's term, special ad categories. The categories are credit, employment, housing, or social issues, elections, or politics. So if you are anywhere near that area, then you'll want to look at Facebook's language around this to see if your offer, what you're promoting, actually does fall in line with this. If so, then you'll need to check the box and you may need to take a couple extra steps in getting your campaign off the ground. But most of the time, at least for my clients in the personal finance space, we haven't explicitly fallen into the special ad category. But if Facebook thinks that we might, then they'll flag our ad and we'll, we'll need to address it. So whenever our ads get rejected, where Facebook says, uh-uh, not happening, <laughs> it's not a great message to receive, but it's also not the end of the world. So you can get around that. So first of all, if that happens to you, you want to again, review the ad policies and the special ad categories and see if your ad does fall into any of those categories. If so, then you may need to check the box at your special ad category and then show your compliance there. Or you may need to edit your copy so that your copy 
on your ad and also your landing page is in line with Facebook's ad policies. So Facebook not only looks at your ads, they're also looking at your landing page that your ads are pointing to. So all of the ad policies are going to apply to both places. So if you find that you you know, may need to edit your ad, one thing that comes up a lot in the finance space is that just being careful about over-promising or assuming. So many times... Well, it used to be that we could get away with saying, you know, three ways to pay off your student loans faster and point to an article that was using that headline. But then over the last few years, Facebook has cracked down and said that that violates their ad policies because we're assuming that the reader, the user of Facebook has student loans. And because Facebook deems that to be a negative, they don't want you assuming anything negative about their users. So we can't say your student loans. We have to be a little bit more careful around, you know, pay off student loans faster. So anytime you use the word you or your, then you're making an assumption about the reader and Facebook doesn't really like that. So I would review your ad copy and see if you are using those terms, if you're making any kind of assumptions. And Facebook also doesn't want their users to feel bad about themselves. So that's where, you know, debt is perceived as negative, at least in Facebook's eyes. And so that's where we don't want to point out that people are, you know, buried in debt in our ad copy or our landing pages. So we also don't want to, in keeping in mind that Facebook doesn't want the users to feel bad about themselves, that we need to make sure that we're not using like overly harsh copy. So, you know, many times in copywriting, we want to kind of get to the root of the issue and, you know, reach that pain point, address the pain point. But we've got to be careful with our ad copy to make sure that we're not like poking the bear a little bit too much. So, you know, are you stressed about your student loan debt? That's not going to fly with Facebook. I keep using student loans because that's something that comes up a lot. But, you know, are you buried in credit card debt? So any of that is going to get flagged. So I would love to know if you are having trouble with any of this, just review your ad copy. And you might have to be a little bit softer on your copy, your choice of words than you would like to be. And that you can be in your organic Facebook posts and on Instagram and elsewhere. So just keep that in mind that if you're going to pay to play, then you do need to follow Facebook's rules. Awesome. Jennifer also has a great question. So she says, I have a question about pixels on Facebook. I understand what it is, but I don't understand where to find mine and how to use it on my website. Okay. This is fun. So pixels. I'm so glad that Jennifer is concerned about the pixel and wanting to get it set up right, wanting to find it first of all, and then get it set up on her website in the right way. So the pixels, when I talk about... When I teach the six steps to creating high converting campaigns. Step number one is installing your pixel. And so the pixel, for those that don't know, it's just a piece of code that is unique to your ad account. So nobody else has that code. It's just for your ad account. And Facebook provides it to you. It's a piece of code. It's like, I know it's a techie term. I'm not a techie person, but I know how to install the Facebook pixel. It's just a piece of code. You install it in the back end of your website. And then that allows your website to communicate with Facebook so that Facebook can collect some data around your website visitors. And why is this important? What does this allow us to do? Well, it does a couple of things for us. It allows us to create audiences of people who have visited our websites and our landing pages and our blog posts so that we can get back in front of them with our ads, even if they haven't opted into our email list while they were there or purchased our product while they were there, we can get back in front of them because now they're captured in that audience that you can create in Facebook, in the ads manager, as long as you have the pixel installed. So that's the first thing it allows you to do. The second thing is that it allows Facebook to track conversions. So then Facebook can see if somebody came from the ad and they ended up on your website, they can see where they went on your website. So then you can say, okay, I want to grow my email list. Like Michael was asking about using Facebook ads to grow his email list. If I want to grow my email list, I'm going to link to my landing page that has my freebie, my lead magnet, my free offer that gives people the option, the opportunity to 
hand over their name and email to join my email list in exchange for my free offer. So when people hit the thank you page, once they hit that submit button on my landing page, then they go to a thank you page. As long as the pixel is there, then Facebook, we can tell Facebook that once they hit the thank you page, that's a conversion. So then that allows Facebook to give us data. How much are we paying per per email subscriber? Do we think it's too much? Do we think that we need to try and optimize further, maybe test different audiences, test different ads so that we can lower that amount that maybe you know we're we're paying too much and so we're not in front of the right audiences. So that gives us some data to work with. And then we can also see with testing, I like to test a bunch of different audiences and different types of ads. Then we can see really which ones are converting the best to bring in the most amount of results for the lowest money, the lowest amount, so that you are not wasting your money paying for expensive email subscribers. But we can't do that if we don't have the Pixel installed. So that's why it's super important to get the Pixel installed. It helps us do a few other things as well. So that's why it's the first step in creating a high converting Facebook ad strategy. So where to find it, which is Jennifer's second question. So they have been playing around. Facebook has been playing around with reorganizing things in the ads manager. If you've been consistently running Facebook ads or you ran Facebook ads, maybe... You know, six months ago, a year ago, and you've recently gone into the ads manager, you'll find that things are looking very different these days. <laughs> so it's, it's a constant challenge to stay on top of where Facebook is putting things. So it used to be that in the drop-down menu, there was very clear place where you could click on that said pixels, and that would bring you to your pixel page. Now they've changed it so that you need to go to what's called the events manager to go find your pixel. So within the events manager, that's where you will find not only your pixel, but also the custom conversions and partner integration. So those are other options outside of the, the scope of this question. But just to let you know, if you're wondering where those things went as well, you can find those all under the events manager. The option or the screen where the pixels are located is under data sources. So then when you go to that page, If you've never installed your Pixel, you'll see the opportunity to create your Pixel and then get it installed there. If you've already created your Pixel, then you'll notice that the screen is looking different than it used to maybe a month ago. So on the main screen, they have different tabs across the top. On the overview, which is the default view, there's a drop-down button that says Add Events. So to install your Pixel, you have a few different options there for that drop-down that says Add Events. So to install the Pixel, I like to use from a new website. And then that gives you the option to install the code manually, which is my preferred way. But Facebook also has a number of what they're calling partner integrations, which means that they have integrated tools so that you can more easily install your Pixel on sites that are built with Shopify or Kajabi, Eventbrite, Google Tag Manager, if you use that, there's a lot of different options there. So check out the partner integrations and you can use those tools to install your Pixel or you can do what I usually do, which is just install the code manually. The third option, (laughs) I think that they've made this a little bit more complex than they need to, but there is a third option that says from the Pixel and that's where you can use their new event setup tool, which is kind of cool, but my preference is still to install the code manually. So all you do is install it in the header portion of your website. And in WordPress, you can use one of the partner integrations as well, or which is basically a plugin that you'll install into your WordPress site and then enter your pixel ID. But the way that I prefer it is to copy and paste the pixel code in. So that's a long about answer as to how to find your pixel and how to install it. And we do have a shortcut if you want to know where to find your Pixel, you can go to monicalouie.com slash Pixel. And it's just a shortcut, a pretty link that I created that brings you to the Pixel information on Facebook. And then you can click through to go find your Pixel and create it if you haven't already. So we'll make sure to put that in the show notes. For sure. So I think this is going to be a very relatable question for anyone who maybe is considering Facebook ads, but has been feeling a little daunted to get started. So Brandy asks, I am struggling with a big feeling of overwhelm of selecting the audiences and then running A-B tests on different aspects of the ad and is the visual and the graphic piece all together to make the ad really strong and compelling. 
I start thinking about all the things I need to do, like shooting a video and another photo shoot. Before you know it, what seems like it should have been a simple process is now like a 15-step process. Is there a better way for me to be thinking about my ads creation process? Yes, I can feel your pain, Brandy. I, I mean, when running a business, there's a lot to do, a lot to stay on top of as far as like getting, you know, photo shoots and headshots. And, you know, we're always feeling that for me that it's, you know, we're always behind with getting another photo shoot. We need more pictures. So that's something that I would recommend, you know, scheduling regularly to, to just get it on your calendar and get it done. So then you always have fresh photos. But then when it comes to creating your campaigns, I have a guide that may help. It's the free Facebook ad starter kit and free because it's absolutely free. You can find that at monicalouie.com slash guide. And it walks you through the six simple steps to creating campaigns that convert so that you can think through what your strategy is and get clear on what steps you need to take. And I walk you through that process. And as we just talked about, step number one is installing the pixel. So if you've already got the pixel installed, then you're already moving on to step two. So that just breaks it down so you can get very clear on what your strategy is. And then you can think about how you want to approach your ads and your testing. So she mentioned there's so much with testing different audiences and different versions of the ad. How do you approach this in a more simple way? And so my approach is to start by testing multiple audiences with one ad. So I will just create a very simple ad. I'll use a static image. And you know, if I want to add some text to it, I'll add some text to it via Canva. And then I draft my ad copy. And I just test that one ad for my offer across a few different audiences. And the number of audiences that you choose will be dependent upon your starting budget that you feel comfortable with. So if you are looking to grow your email list, so you have your lead magnet that you want to promote, I recommend starting with $10 per day per audience ad combination. So if I'm testing one ad and three audiences, then that means I'm going to be starting with at least $30 a day to test those three audiences with the one ad. Then I let that run. And then after a few days, maybe a week, I look at my data and I see, so are all the audiences performing about the same? Is there a clear front runner? Is there something that's working just horribly? You know, Then I might make a decision to turn off that audience that's not working and keep my best performing audiences. And then I will set up another version of my ad. So when working with our clients, our clients that are working with us have much higher budgets. So we are able to streamline the testing process by testing a lot of different audiences and a lot of different ads all up front. But then we still go through this process and we're still turning off what's not working after we have some data and then setting up new tests along the way as well so that we can continue to optimize and bring that cost per result down. So I would just say, let's you know bring it back, start very simple, just a few audiences, one version of your ad. If you want to do a video, then you can think about that. If you don't feel comfortable with video, then you can... And you still want to try video, you can do a screen share. You can make a GIF. We found that GIFs and any kind of movement, including screen shares and behind the scenes videos, convert really well, especially for free and paid offers. So you have some options there. But I again, just start very simple. We always start with a very simple static image and then we'll add in the other ad formats later. I've got a follow-up question to go with that. So you mentioned making sure that we make time as business owners to have photo shoots and make sure that we got fresh photos and things. Do you have any guidance on where somebody could find stock images that are effective? And which one do you think tends, or based on what you and the ads team have found, what kinds of images tend to do the best? Is it good to have a super professional photo shoot? Are stock photos okay? Would a photo be all right? What it, have you guys found to be effective? Yeah. So that's a great question. And it kind of depends on the brand and the offer. So for blog posts, we use stock images to promote blog posts. And for blog posts, then we have tested GIFs, videos, and we find that static images convert best 9 times out of 10. Just because they're simpler, for that strategy, we want people to click over and engage with the blog post as opposed to spending a lot of time engaging with the ads. The ad is very simple. But we use stock images for that. When we've run blog posts though for success stories... So for my clients in the personal finance space, they might have a blog post about somebody... I can remember one actually. There was a single mom who paid off 
a bunch of debt in a very short amount of time. And we ran a campaign to that blog post and we tested a stock photo that was, you know, looked very professional, a stock photo of somebody who looked like she could be a young mom versus the actual photo of the mom with her two young boys and the photo of the mom with her two young boys that probably, you know, a friend took that outperformed the very professional looking stock photo. I also had a client that we did the same thing where we we were offering his webinar, we were promoting his webinar and so he's the face of his brand. So he's building this personal brand. He's the expert. And we tested this very polished looking photo of his beautiful family. He has a gorgeous wife, you know, adorable kids, super cute family. And then we tested that one compared to this other photo, which was just him and his family. His looked like his daughter was eating breakfast and had food on her face. Her hair was a little messy, just, you know, more down to earth and more relatable. And that one converted better than the super polished, pretty photo of them. So it's always worth testing, but you can definitely use stock photos. Most of the time we are using stock photos unless our clients have photos and images that they would like us to use, then they'll provide those to us. But it's always worth testing and it will depend on the offer. If you're building a personal brand, then you probably want to be making that connection with you being in the photo. But it can be as simple as you know, having a friend take your photo and, you know, or using a photo of that's just in a very natural setting of you hanging out with your family, if that represents your brand. Another one of my students reminds me, uh, one of my students, she tested one of her more professional looking headshots versus a selfie that she just took with her little baby and her audience is moms. And so that selfie of her with her little baby that she just, you know, snapped in the fly, that converted much better than her more professional looking headshot. So it's always worth a test. All that say that, you know, sometimes the headshots do work really well. Or if you've got a physical product brand, then I would make sure that you have good images, uh, bright images of your physical product. So it kind of depends on what the offer is. But I mean, it all kind of goes back to testing. As far as stock photo sites, what we use a lot is deposit photos. We use Unsplash. So deposit photos is a paid service, but it's relatively inexpensive. Unsplash.com has amazing, gorgeous free photos. So I will always look there usually to see because they're very nice photos and you can use them for free. Just read and make sure that you can use it for commercial purposes. But most of them on that site, you can. And then 2020.com. So the number 20 spelled out and then 20.com. That's another site that we've been using a lot lately. There are a lot of really great stock photo sites out there. And also within the ads manager, they have a contract with Shutterstock where you can pull in, you can search for stock photos within the ads manager in the edit ad screen. And you can use those in your ad for free. You're not able to download them to repurpose them elsewhere, but you can use those in your ad. So that's another place to look for free, you know, high quality photos. Those are some awesome resources. I hope that it's very helpful to people who are listening. If you're looking for photos, those are some really, really great resources. And as Monica always says, we will have all those links and resources in our show notes. It'll be monicalouie.com slash 69. So next question, Henna. I think I'm saying that right. Henna asks, I've heard accounts getting hacked and other such related stories. I wish I knew how we could tighten our security so that no one could access our account or publish ads, their ads using our money first. This keeps me stuck and I don't want to give Facebook access to my bank account. Do you have any advice to keep my account secure? Yeah. So first of all, I just want to say that this is very rare. So I've been in the Facebook ads world for five years now. And I have only encountered this one time with all of the people that I work with, students, you know, followers, clients. I've only encountered this one time where an ad account has gotten hacked. So it is very rare. So in order to kind of prevent the hacking, of course, you know, the default is to use a super strong password. Facebook also offers two-factor authentication. So you can turn that on. And to find that, I would recommend using Business Manager. Anytime you're running ads, use Business Manager. And then you can find that option for two-factor authentication under Business Settings. 
go to the business settings and the menu, you'll see the security center. That's where you can go turn that on. And then that means that you know Facebook will alert you anytime that somebody is trying to access your account or they're going to not be able to get in if they don't have that access. So beyond that though, I would make sure that you are using a credit card that has fraud protection. I think most credit cards do these days. And so that if there is a fraudulent charge on your account, then you can then dispute it and say, you know, I didn't authorize this payment. And so that's one way to go about it. And another thing is if it does happen, then I would jump onto Facebook support ASAP and report it. They have a place where you can report that your account was compromised. And if it does happen, I would also then change your password to prevent somebody from re-accessing your account. So, but definitely report it to Facebook so that they can investigate it and see, you know, try and find out who may have been doing this. And they will probably, you know, withdraw access of their account and shut them down. So they're not able to do this to anybody else. So that's why reporting it is very important. So I would just take those steps if it does happen. But again, I do want to stress, this is very, very rare. But if it does happen, then you want to report it to your credit card and dispute the charge and report it to Facebook as soon as possible. If you're using Business Manager to manage your ad accounts as well as your pages, do an audit periodically to make sure that you haven't shared your ad account access with people who you no longer want to have that access. Yeah, that's a great point because I'll have clients that will start working with us who worked with somebody years ago and they still have access to the ad account. So that means they can go in and whether intentionally or by mistake, they can go in and set up a campaign and charge it to your account. So when you're not working with somebody you know, anymore and or they don't need to access your account, whether it's you hire an ads manager or you've got somebody on your team that's working with you on your ads, then make sure that you are removing their access in a timely fashion. Wonderful. I think those are, hopefully that can give some reassurance to Henna and to anyone else who's listening that, you know, there are some steps that we can take. And Facebook obviously is very much invested in protecting our data as much as they possibly can so that these kinds of situations don't happen. So as you said, it is super, super rare, but hopefully reassuring that we just had this conversation now. I've got another question for you from Colette. So Colette asked, I have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Which one should I use for my ads? I'm confused about where my ad will appear and kind of quote unquote, who is posting it. Okay. So this is a good question. So when you're running ads, you can only run ads as your page or your Instagram profile if you're running ads on Instagram. Or you can, if you don't have an Instagram profile, but you want to run Instagram ads, then you can use your Facebook page or the name of your Facebook page to run your ads on Instagram. But we don't have the option to run ads as a group. So you'll only be able to select your Facebook page once you've connected it with your ad account. And then as far as where your ad will appear... That is something that you will select in the ad set screen. Facebook gives us a number of different options as to where our ads can appear and they continue to add more and more because there is so much competition for ads. So many advertisers wanting to have their ads seen that Facebook is running out of places <laughs> to show our ads. So they keep adding more and more. So the obvious ones are you know, newsfeed on mobile and desktop on Facebook. If you choose to run Instagram ads, then they will appear in the Instagram newsfeed also. There's also Instagram story ads that you can create, Facebook story ads that you can create, Messenger ads so they can actually appear on in the Messenger platform. And there is the audience network too, which is another way of expanding your reach. And that's where Facebook will show your ads on websites that have partnered with Facebook. So that's where your ads may appear on other generally larger websites that look like Facebook ads, but they're actually on external websites, but they're still, you can still use their targeting features and get in front of the right people. So those are just some of the options. But again, Facebook keeps adding more and more options and you can select which ones or all of them that you want to use. So that's something that I'm always mindful though when I am creating my ads is where the ad is going to appear and is, you know, for example, on Instagram. 
there is no headline. So if I'm creating a Facebook ad and my headline is a key piece of information that if the headline's missing on Instagram, it's, you know, my ad is not going to make sense, then I will make sure to adjust my ad for Instagram so that it does make sense without the headline. So that's just something to keep in mind. Make sure that you are creating your ads for the specific platform that you are wanting to show your ads on. Awesome. Valencia asks, my biggest challenge with Facebook ads is my click-through rate. How do I encourage more people to click and engage with my ads? So one thing to think about is you know, understanding your avatar, who is your ideal audience member that you want to click on your ads, and then making sure that you are using the imagery. So whether it's a, the image or video that is going to grab attention and resonate with the audience. So my example of my student whose audience is you know, moms, the picture of her holding her baby resonated well because her audience can relate to that. They have young kids also, and that's who she's targeting. So that's why that outperformed just a picture of her because it really, you know, in just a glance, told the story that she's a mom and she can relate to you and where you're at. So making sure that you're using the images and videos that will resonate and grab attention to your audience, but then also getting people to click you want to make sure you have a clear call to action. So when you are promoting your lead magnet or your paid offer, you want to clearly say at the end of your ad copy, say, click the learn more button to join us today. Or you know, click the download button to grab your copy today. So you want to be very clear. I like to mention the name of the button that I'm using if I'm using a button, just so that it has a very clear direction to you know where to click or you know click on the image below to get started. So just very clear and say where it is, where they need to click or you can insert the link in the ad copy as well and say click this link to get started. So you want to just very clearly state what you want the audience to do and what the next step is and I also like to remind them of the benefit when I'm saying that. So if I might say for my uh, Facebook ad starter kit, you know, click the learn more button to get started creating high converting campaigns today. Something like that, where you're reminding them of why it's important. That can help with the click-through rate as well. Great. Here's another question about funnels. This is a good one. So Andrea says, I'm familiar with funnels, but I need help setting up Facebook ads to go with my funnel. Can I use Facebook ads to get more sales? Or is there somewhere else where Facebook ads could enter into my funnel equation? Yes. Okay. So when we think about a funnel, you know, I want you to visualize the funnel. So we've got the top of the funnel, which is the wider portion. And then as people go through our funnel, they're self-selecting that our offer, our paid offer is going to be right for them. And then we have a few people, you know, coming out and actually becoming clients or customers at the end of the funnel and taking advantage of our paid offer. So where Facebook is really great is driving traffic to your funnel. So helping you bring in more leads to your funnel to get more people going through your funnel. And then as long as your funnel is converting well, that's where you'll see that ROI that we're all looking for. Because you'll see you know, a certain percentage of people will actually go all the way through and they will take advantage of your offer. And then you'll have that return on investment. So starting at the top of the funnel is a great place to just offer you know, the freebie, the webinar, the lead magnet, whatever it is, it's going to enter them into the funnel. And then throughout, as they're going through the funnel, then you can remind them of the offer and let them know via Facebook ads that the offer is going away. Hopefully you've got some kind of limited time offer or some kind of urgency or scarcity there so that people that can help to get people off the fence and help people, you know, take advantage of the offer now and or make a decision at least now whether the offer is right for them right now or not. And many times a limited time discount or a limited number of spots, that kind of scarcity can help people make that decision. So that's where our we'll set up retargeting ads to get back in front of people with a Facebook ad who are going through the funnel to let them know that the limited time offer 
is disappearing. Remind them of the benefits of the offer, why you know they should be taking advantage of it, what it's going to do for them. And we'll also share testimonials and case studies of people who you know had success stories from taking advantage of the offer. So we'll do a lot of that with the retargeting ads, but that's just a smaller audience of people who have already entered the funnel to help them make that decision. Another thing that you can do before you get to the funnel, before you get to introducing people to the top of the funnel is where you can begin to build up your warm audiences. So that's where you can promote a blog post or a video and start to build up those warm audiences. So they begin to have a relationship with you. They begin to understand who you are, what you have to offer, what your product can do for them, what you teach, and really begin to build that authority and rapport. And so that can be an additional strategy that can help you to grow those warm audiences. And then you can promote your funnel offer, your freebie at the top of the funnel to those warm audiences. And that will help them convert through your funnel to your paid offer a whole lot better. So it sounds like Facebook ads could be used at all parts of the funnel. (laughs) They definitely can. I mean, you can get a lot more complex with where you insert Facebook ads. I've heard of some people doing it with like each email, but I feel like in order to do that and in order for it to make sense, then you really need to have a lot of people and be spending a lot of money with Facebook ads to get a lot of people through your funnel at once in order to make that worth your time, worth your while. But just remember too that... Facebook ads are not the funnel. I'll have people reach out to me and say, I need a Facebook ads funnel. I need help with creating the Facebook ad funnel to get more sales. Or I have a product, now I'm ready for Facebook ads, but they miss the funnel piece. And they think that Facebook ads are going to bring the sales. But really, it's the funnel that is doing the work of building the relationship building that rapport, introducing the paid offer and getting people to make a decision on whether that offer is right for them or not. So it's the funnel's work. But Facebook ads can help supplement the funnel by reminding them outside of their email, outside of the webinar, outside of these other touch points that you've got in place you know, of why this offer might be right for them. Well, I think that's also really what I heard in there too is that you know you don't necessarily need to have a huge budget in order to have an effective funnel that Facebook ads can complement. Would you say that's true? Yeah. So I think that's absolutely true. So I mean, just as we talked earlier, you know, if you want to test out one ad with three different audiences, then I would do $30 a day for an opt-in offer. So that's where I'm offering the lead magnet or the starting point of my funnel. And then you can do just a few dollars a day for the retargeting because you don't really need to spend a lot on those retargeting audiences because they're going to be smaller audiences than the audiences that you're promoting your lead magnet to. But I mean, really, you don't need to spend a lot of money and you can start small. I always like starting small, starting with a smaller budget. And then as you're seeing the results that you want, then you can increase your budget as you go. And if you do start with a larger budget, just because you want to do more testing up front, then you can always scale that down. You're in complete control of your budget at all times. So you can adjust it however you like and however you feel comfortable with. But a lot of times, you know, people will create funnels and they don't know if they're working because they're not getting the traffic or consistent traffic going through the funnel. So that's where Facebook ads can really help with that because you can push the traffic to your funnel and then you can test out and see whether it's converting or not or see where people are dropping off. Maybe they're not watching your entire webinar. And so your webinar needs to be a little bit more engaging to keep people watching all the way through. Maybe people are watching your webinar, but they're not opening your follow-up emails after to remind them of the offer and let them know that they need to take advantage of it before it disappears. So then maybe your subject lines of your emails need some work. Maybe they're watching your webinar, they're opening your emails, but they're not clicking through. Then maybe your calls to action, your copy in your emails needs a little bit of work. Or maybe you know everybody's going through the funnel for the most part, but your sales page is just not converting. Maybe there's something that is getting in the way of them, you know, making it easy for them to take that next step of 
you know, clicking the buy now button and converting, or maybe you need to add some more testimonials, some more case studies to really, you know, drill at home that people are getting results. So there's a lot of different points in your funnel that may need some tweaking as you're building a funnel. But you don't know that if you're not getting the traffic going through your funnel. So that, that's where Facebook ads can really come in handy. Yeah, I think we've used this language before when we talk about this with clients and with students as well as that Facebook ads are really an amplifier. So, you know, if you know that your funnel's working, you can amplify the effect with Facebook ads. If you're not sure that your funnel is working, you can get that traffic in there so you can start finding out whether it's working and then you can improve it so that then once you've got it really, really honed in and perfect, you've got great sales pages, you've got great sales copy, you've got your retargeting ads working well, then you really have a beautiful integrated system where you're really working with your ideal audience and carrying them along on that journey until they become a purchaser. Absolutely. All right. I think we've got time for one more question. So let's see. So another reader asked, it seems like there are so many different ad formats these days. What are some of the best types of ads that are converting well right now? Yes. Okay. So I would actually, we've talked a lot about ads and ad formats. I did a whole episode, episode 15 on how to create killer ads. And with that episode, I offer a free training of me walking you through and actually showing you examples of ads. So that can be a really great resource for this question. But I will tell you what I'm seeing right now. So as I mentioned, For traffic campaigns, when we're driving traffic to a blog post, this is specifically to a blog post. We just want the click from the ad. We want people to engage with the blog post. And many times the strategy there is that we have affiliate offers throughout the blog post, or we know that our next call to action is converting really well. So we really just want to drive traffic to that page. What is working really well is a static image ad with very simple copy. So very short copy, just enough to pique the audience's curiosity, pique their interest that they want to click over and learn more. And then the blog post job is to keep them engaged there and encourage them to take the next step. So for lead magnets, we use ads a lot of times to promote lead magnets as we've talked about today a lot. So what's working well with lead magnet campaigns where we're wanting to grow the email list is to use some sort of movement in the ad. So this can be a video ad where you are creating the video. Maybe you're you're on screen talking about your free offer. Or it could be if you've got a PDF or an ebook, a screen share of just scrolling through what they're going to get. And you can add music to it. You can do a voiceover or not. You can have it just be silent where it's just moving and just showing the audience what they're going to get a behind the scenes look at what they're actually going to receive helps conversions tremendously. We found that time and time again with our clients. So that's another idea for your creative. And then gifts. I mean, we love gifts. We've been using them more and more with our ads. Just having that little bit of movement. You can use gifts from Giphy. Well, in most cases, I would say make sure that you're always paying attention to see if that specific one allows you to use it for commercial purposes. But if it says you can, a lot of them do say you can, then you can pull those into your ad. You can also create a GIF in Canva very easily now. Canva makes it so easy. You can use stickers. That's what Canva calls them. Stickers that add just a little bit of movement to a static image. And that little bit of movement can help with increasing engagement and catching the eye of your audience through the newsfeed. You know, we want to stop the scroll to get them to engage with our ad. So get creative. It's so fun. I would also say that carousel ads are working really well. And that's where you can have multiple images or videos. So lots of different ad formats. It's a lot of fun. You can really get creative. Again, going back to trying to think of her name, uh, her question where she was feeling very overwhelmed with all of the options. Start with one, start with maybe two if you've got the budget to work with, and then go from there. And you will find that you will have a lot of fun in getting creative with your Facebook ads and reaching people, reaching your audience, where they're at and helping them solve their problems and make their life better because that's what we are here to do. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much. I always love hearing more from kind of the, you guys have your ear to the ground over here on the ads team. And so it's always really fun for me to hear what you guys are working on and how, what's working really well. A lot of these questions that we receive, we get in our customer service inbox in response into our funnel. <laughs> and so whenever we get those kinds of questions, if it's something that I'm not familiar with necessarily, my first step is always to come to you and find out what's working right this minute and what's working for people and what is getting the best results. So thank you very much for sitting down with me and uh, answering some of my questions. I really enjoy getting to talk with you. Well, of course. And thank you for coming on the podcast again. It's always fun to talk with you, whether we are on the podcast or off the podcast. So let's say we do this again sometime soon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anytime, Monica, anytime. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much, Sierra. Thank you. I just love the variety of those questions. We talked about a lot of different things in this episode and it was a lot of fun. And I want to thank Sierra for joining me again here on the podcast. And Sierra and I would love to hear your biggest takeaways from this episode. You can share those with us in the comments at monicalouie.com slash 69, or you can tag me on Instagram. I'm at Flourish with Monica. And since Sierra is my content manager, she will see your comments too. You can find all the links and resources that Sierra and I mentioned in this episode at monicalouie.com slash 69. And thank you so much for joining Sierra and me today. If you are ready to scale your business with Facebook ads, then I want to let you know that my next free live Facebook ads challenge is coming up soon. I've done a few live challenges in the past and they have all been a ton of fun. And most importantly, the participants have gotten great results. And you can sign up to be the first to be notified when the challenge is live, learn all the details at monicalouie.com slash challenge. And if you're serious about conquering Facebook ads, then I want to invite you to check out my signature training program, Flourish with Facebook Ads. This program is for those who are ready to implement a high converting Facebook and or Instagram ad strategy to grow and scale their businesses. You can learn more about that at monicalouie.com slash flourish. And if you are interested in outsourcing your ads and learning more about how my team and I might be able to help you with your Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest ads, go to monicalouie.com slash WWM. We have information there about our services. And as I mentioned, I'll have all the links and resources that we mentioned today in the show notes. You can find those at monicalouie.com slash 69. If you have found this helpful, please leave a rating and review so more people can find this podcast. It really helps the podcast get found by more people. And of course, if you know somebody who is deep into learning Facebook ads, interested in diving into how Facebook ads can help them grow their businesses, please feel free to share this episode with them. And subscribe so that you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Brand new episodes come out every single Thursday. And next week, we've got another exciting episode coming your way. So I hope you'll join me next week for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. That's all for today. Take care, stay healthy, and let's flourish. Flourish.